piece of music we're listening to in the background is called 523 AM. It's an instrumental track used in the Museum at Tomorrow, an abstract audio fiction collage miniseries. Today we'll break it down and experience why and how it was made. You're listening to How I Make Music, where behind the scenes musicians get to tell their own stories. My name is Jeffrey Nils Gardner. I'm a sound artist, director, and designer from Chicago, Illinois, and this is How I Make Music. Welcome back to How I Make Music, episode 78, 523 AM, by me, Jeffrey Nils Gardner. Thanks for listening in. If I woke up and I was alone in the house, and it happened all the time, I'd wake up and I'd be alone in the house, and... I would just freak out. My name is Jeffrey Nils Gardner, audio artist based out of Chicago, Illinois. The piece I'll be talking about today is from the Museum at Tomorrow, an audio fiction miniseries. And um, bang on the studio door because it was locked. I was locked away from her. I'm standing in front of a massive frame. For each episode, I write out what I call a beat script, laying out each moment of the show. For seven days in a row, and it's hot and sticky, and it hasn't rained in like two straight weeks. I walk out in the hallway. And then... And then I conduct interviews with friends or colleagues or interesting people I run into, along with music and other audio elements to fill in that beat script. Another painting. This one, too, is set in the ruins of an ancient civilization. We create this collage that tells the story in a very different way. I close my eyes. And you know, I'm not very good at being alone. I've been playing violin since I was six years old. This instrument was actually my great-grandmother's. I have a very sharp memory of, as a very small child, finding this instrument in my grandparents' attic. And that was how I went down the path of becoming a, a violin player. Disorientation is what I would say one of the main goals of the piece. Kind of like with a magic eye puzzle, if you unfocus your ears and kind of let them follow where they want to go in the overlapping sounds, I find that the listener often creates uh, a fascinating story 
alongside the the narrative that I'm telling. Uh, uh, God is not yet. God is an incredible piece of work. And and he lives in his own private Idaho. Adds a kind of certain element of chaos. So 5.23 a.m. was originally a part of an eight-channel sound installation. This installation toured both to Burning Man and also around Chicago. The experience is you walk into this octagon and close it behind you and lay in the space and are surrounded by this huge number of speakers and the walls block out the city around you. And so you're hearing this fascinating array of experimental music in multi-channel sound and you just see the sky. Airplanes crossing your sphere of vision, laying in the octagon, it really effectively blocks out the city, which is not something that we get to do very often here in Chicago. (laughs) It's a cool installation. Pauline Oliveros is a big influence for me, uh, and you can hear some of her work with the Deep Listening Band. Take a quick listen. One of the other really interesting things that Oliveros has done is create these text scores uh, that are that would stand in for a you know musically notated score. A text score is a set of instructions for creating a piece of music, something like find an object in the room, begin manipulating it to find a sound that interests you, make that noise for five minutes, the piece ends. John Cage also works extensively in text scores. Pretty fascinating. He calls them, without prevarication, music. Uh, I think he would be deeply offended to hear them not described as music, so I will try not to. What you're hearing now is one interpretation of John Cage's A Dip in the Lake. And I want to be really explicit. This is challenging, strange art. And that is totally okay. And it doesn't have to be for everyone. I recorded the material for 5.23 a.m. while I was in grad school at Northwestern University. I woke up very early in the morning, went down to the studio. I set up an array of these eight mics scattered 
throughout this large open studio, facing different ways, I began to improvise. I wandered around the space, playing uh, often long, slow tones. I spent a little bit of time dancing to the music I was playing in a way that I think is only possible when you're the only person in the studio and in the building at 6 a.m. And just really letting myself be unselfconscious about the sounds I was creating. I also spent some time trying to make really ugly or strange sounds with the instrument. The result was eight tracks of randomly spatialized and um, slightly off-timed violin improvisation. My first step was to open up Reaper and drop these tracks in and just really kind of randomly rearrange them, offset them, you know, by one to three to five seconds, and then just play that and listen for moments of synchronicity that emerged from the experience of uh, this kind of random creation. I mixed this piece ambisonically, which is a way of fully capturing the 3D space. Now, of course, you're not playing it back on a multi-speaker ambisonic setup. So it was mixed down to binaural, which is a stereo format 3D experience. The human body generally has two ears. Our brains are able to interpret so much more information than that. We're able to tell if something is in front of us, if it is above us or below us, if it is behind us. Your brain is constantly doing this immensely complicated math based on how sound is reflecting off the folds of your ears, how it's being shadowed by your head, and that's telling you if something is below you, if it's above you. Binaural and ambisonic are ways of capturing and replaying that information for you. When listening to a binaural piece, you always want to wear headphones. That's how you get the full experience. I'm moving over to your right hand side. Here's a clip of binaural audio called the Virtual Barbershop. I put this bag over your head. Just like that. The bag over the top of the head. And now I'll take the bag off. There we go. The only reason I did that is because. All of the fancy barbershops do that. What you're listening to as I move off to your right here and very quickly wash my hands. Manuel, did you get that thing? An idea I work with a lot in the Museum of Tomorrow is the idea of a contrapuntal soundscape. Take a lunch break and walk this trail. And we're walking this trail together and it came to a one goes up the mountain. And he said, well, I'll take down. the high road. The brain trying to absorb both melodies or both subjects at the same time. 
And I took the liver so and I kept go going, and, and my tail I got smaller and smaller and smaller until my tail disappeared. Hearing the joy in both of their voices brought out something interesting about both. More than a mile apart. And his trail kept going. That's about it for this week's episode. We'll listen to selections from the track in just a moment. But before we do that, thank you for listening to How I Make Music. We've been listening to music featured in the audio drama Museum at Tomorrow. To hear the full story or to check out my other compositions, follow the links in the show notes. Visit howimakemusic.com for bonus behind-the-scenes stuff related to this episode. How I Make Music is created by John Bartman. For audio experiences that keep people listening, contact John Bartman via the show notes. My name is Jeffrey Nils Gardner, and thanks for listening to How I Make Music. Play under the melody. I was walking for historical.